Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Bible. I'm Kim. And I'm Jennifer. And we're here with our Go and Tell podcast and we are starting a new series on women of the Bible. Jennifer, who are we talking about? Today we're going to be talking about Sarah. Sarai. Sarai. And this is a study that's going to last about six weeks, correct? Yeah, about six weeks. We'll have a new woman every week, but we really want to dive into who these women were and the promises that God spoke to them and how that transformed their lives and then apply it to your life, Kim, and my life so that all of you can actually take the word and apply it to your own life. And if you would like to follow along with us, the book that we're reading is 10 Women of the Bible, One by One, They Changed the World by Max Lucado. Lucado. He's so good. And also, we're taking um, uh, inserts out of 12 Extraordinary Women by John MacArthur. MacArthur. How God Shaped Women of the Bible and What He Wants to Do with With you. You. Okay, so we're just going to kind of... Both of them are available actually on on Amazon. Amazon, So we will actually be putting um, a link in our podcast so or in the comments of our podcast on different um, platforms. You can also follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, Our Facebook page is Two Girls in a Bible. So come look us up. It'll be available there. You can follow us on YouTube. And again, all of the podcasts are available wherever there are podcasts. So... On podcasts, every yeah. podcast, yeah. Anchor, Apple, yeah, all of that. You can find Google us Cast, on yeah, all of them. Yeah. So, with that said, uh, Jennifer, why don't you start? And tell us a little bit about who Sarah was. Well, our first lesson in Max Lucado's book, uh, Ten Women of the Bible, is again on Sarah, which her original name was Sarai. Sarai. And it's interesting because Sarai actually meant my pr- princess. But when she was 90, which we're going to learn, talk a little bit more about that. Read that little snippet in there. When she was 90, her name was changed. It says her name was not changed to Sarah until she was 90 years old, according to Genesis 17, 15, which is... Which is true. That, can you read that for yeah, us, Yeah, it says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, my princess, but her name will be called Sarah, which means princess not and sarai means my princess right so, so this actually a little signified bit of, hold on this actually signified a new relationship with god yes. see sarai was abram's princess but mm-hmm. sarah was god's princess exactly so go ahead Kim. yeah so we're just going to do a little bit, bit of background on on what kind of person sarah Seem to be. be. And I bet our listeners are going to be able to identify. Read through some of that. And I might interject here and there as you're reading, Kim. Okay. Um, These are just some biblical accounts when Sarah comes off a bit shrewd. Now, in the Bible, it said, you know. What if they don't know the story? Should we talk a little bit? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the story first. Okay. Go ahead. So the kingdom of heaven, its citizens are drunk on wonder. That was the first sentence in lesson one in this book. And it says, consider the case of Sarai. She is in her golden years, but God promises her a son. He says to her husband, Abram, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. So Sarai gets excited. She visits the maternity shop. Okay, we're bringing it into modern day. And buys a few dresses. She plans a shower and remodels her tent, but no son. She even eats a few birthday cakes over the years, but no son. Mm-hmm. She blows out tons of candles and still no son. 
So Sarah decides to take matters into her own hands, and oftentimes we do in the waiting process because she they waited 14 years yes. before they ended up having uh, the promised child from God. In that 14 inter- in that 14 year interim, Sarah made some bad choices. Like yeah. she went to Abraham so, and said, "Let's be honest here. Yeah. There are times in the Bible where the account where Sarah is concerned, she comes off a bit shrewd." Yeah, yeah. And she wants her way. She wants it now. You know, I, I can you know, be very She's the wife to to. of a great <laughs> patriarch, Abraham. Yeah. So we tend to think of her with a degree of dignity yes. and honor. Yeah. But as we read about her, it's impossible not to notice that she sometimes behaves badly. Of course. So for example, she offers she up Haggai. Of course, but she offers up Haggai, her maid. So Haggai comes into the situation between her and Abram. She's uh-huh. just a maid, and she comes out pregnant. Yeah, she because goes into of the Sarah, town of maid because of Sarah and, and comes out a mom. Yes, exactly. So because you know, of Sarai, Sarai offers up to Abram, and this was after her God had come. So we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We are, but. We're just giving this, a background story. We're giving a background story, but it, it's in between those times where God has come to yes. speak with Abraham and Sarah and yes. saying, I'm going to give you a son. Yes. And, and they're holding on to this promise, and, but now they're waiting. And they're waiting. And what does Sarah do when she's in the tent? She hears this. Oh, they both, her and Abram laugh. They, they both laugh. laugh. Yeah. Because Ab- because he's saying, God is looking at, um, or Abram's looking at God and he says, Abraham, this is in uh, Genesis seventeen seventeen. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah, will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Yeah. So Abraham's so, talking to, to, to God this way. Like, hey, this mm-hmm. is the circumstances here. Is this exactly. really going to happen? And how many times in our life, Kim, have we maybe been in a situation where you know, God has is, is promised us something, and we kind of look at the situation and say, well, how in the world are you going to do that, Lord? And that's that laughing moment, that Sarah laugh so moment. At the, uh, so Sarah was actually 76 years old Which when, when, the, when this promise, promise was uh, given. Yes. And Abraham was 86. Yes. Imagine. So, <laughs> you know, they've been, they made this promise that, oh, you're going to have, um, your son is going to be the... Of many nations, of says many the Lord nations, in yes. Genesis twelve one two. It says the Lord had said to Abram, "Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great." So there have been promised generations, generations. Yes. They're going to fill the earth. They're going to be blessed. So here, here, Abraham is eighty six years old. She is seventy six years old. Way past the childbearing years. Yeah, and she laughs. They yeah. laugh. Well, now they're result. 90. Yeah. When, so, when but the, 14 years later, it doesn't happen until 14 years later. 14 years later. But they laugh at God when they're 90, when God shows up and says, hey, you're pregnant. You're with child. And that happens over in, um, uh, I just read it, over in 17. Though Abraham fell on his face, as for me, behold my covenant with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. And then he goes on to say that um, that she is with child. Where is that? Oh, here it is. It goes. It happens over in Genesis seventeen twenty one. But my covenant, my promise, my solemn pledge, I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. 
And God finished speaking with him and went up to Abram. So at that point, God said that you will be with child and you will name him Isaac and mm-hmm. whom Sarah will born. It was in that conversation that they overheard the angel, right, was sent into the tent and they overheard it and they laughed mm-hmm. and they were rebuked. But God never failed on his promises. And it reminds me of Second of Timothy 2.13 where the Lord says, because remember, Sarah was, didn't you say? Um, so it was, let, let me let me backtrack a little bit because, yeah. you know, it was 14 years yeah. when Sarah was 76 and Abram was 86 yeah. that God came to them and said, you were going to be the father of many nations. Yes. And he's like, how's that supposed to be? So then this goes. And so you said it was a year. Yes. When so they were told. When at, they were told. So that they laughed so at God. So here they are. He's he's 99. Yeah. And she's 89. Yeah. And then here here comes the, the, the messenger yes. back. Uh-huh. And so the messenger tells them, by this time next year, you're going to bear a son. Yes. So I just wanted to clarify that a little bit because yes. I said it was 14 years and they laughed. Yes. But it wasn't until she was actually 89 that she heard this. Yes. It was that 14 years earlier, yes. Abram was saying God had told him mm-hmm. that he was going to be the father of many nations. Yes. And to, exactly. for a father, to be a father of many nations, you have to have heirs. So in that time, yes, exactly. And in that time, that 14 year period, Sarah's has she's waking up expectant every day. Oh, this is going to happen. This is oh, gonna this be the is going to happen. Yeah. This is going to be the day. So she's preparing her home. Yeah, she's doing all of this stuff yeah. that Jennifer said. Yeah. So you know, which you know could be why you know we have this when we read but about is, Sarah. She's she's angry because at this point she's like she's going to help God along. Yes, and so she, she got gets, a plan. She got a plan. So she's like, I'm not getting pregnant. So God must. Mean that's going to come in. It's going to come in my service. It's going to come. So what she does, she offers her handmaiden who goes in a maid hey guy. and comes out a mom. Yeah. And then what happens? Well, then Sarah just really begins to. Well, you you've got a whole yeah, list of she, names uh, there, but she becomes impatient, cankerous, cruel. She starts being mean to him. Yes. But then Hagar the, kind of minute. Hey guy. Hagar or Hey guy. Yeah, Hey guy. Actually, kind of antagonizes it oh yeah she's like oh look i have the the son that you couldn't have exactly right but then she you know hey guy ends up leaving because sarah goes sarah turns her just treats goes to her abraham really and says you know he says well, what do you want me to do with her yeah and then she's like get rid of her and so he sends her away with yeah. her child yeah and then god she has an encounter on the journey and god sends her back yeah and she did not want it but we're going to talk later on about yeah, that we're but we want to focus on this but but Finally, anyway. 14 years later, when Abraham is pushing a century of years and Sarai 90, when Abraham has stopped listening to Sarai's advice and Sarai has stopped giving it. But here's when the thing. wallpaper, I just want to read this one. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. When the wallpaper in the nursery is faded and the baby furniture is still seasons out of date, when the topic of the promised child brings sighs and tears and long looks into a silent sky, God pays them a visit and tells them they had better select a name for their new son. son. Abram and Sarai have the same response, laughter, which is what we were just talking about. And what does the name mean that they named their child? They named him Isaac, which Isaac, means laughter. Which means laughter. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, from the time um, she became, Sarai became Abr- Abram's wife, Sarai's one desire above all others was to have was to have children. Yeah, that was the thing back then. You know, yeah. if you were barren, that was disgrace. Yeah, um, but she was barren throughout 
her normal childbearing years. In yes. fact, that is particularly the first thing Scripture mentions about her. Yeah. That's the first thing, that she was barren. After recording that Abram took her as a wife in Genesis 11.29, verse 30. Excuse me, my husband is banging a hammer, and I'm going to go tell him to stop it for a second. So, but I will, I will keep up. It says... The laugh partly because it is too good to happen and partly because it might. They laugh because they get, they've given up hope and hope born anew is always funny before it's real. They laugh at the lunacy of it all. And so I can actually um, apply this to my life and say that when the Lord really called me into um, pursuing two girls in a Bible and quitting my job and all of that, you know, I had a plan. My plan was to continue my job. I, I felt like I had a good job and I could manage both. I mean, that was the Jennifer plan, my plan. So I had no intentions of putting in a notice until the Lord spoke to my heart that I couldn't do both, that I needed to walk away from my job. And I understand today that it wasn't just the job that I was walking away from. It wasn't a paycheck I was walking away from. It was the influence that 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 particular position had over my life and my decision making and even my words that God had to call me out of because it wasn't glorifying who he is and so when but when he promised me those things and when I had to quit I was like okay I'll do it but inside I'm thinking Lord how are all these people gonna come to me I don't really know that many people and they don't know who I am. I'm I'm nobody from nowhere, and the Lord doesn't feel that way about me, but I'm just expressing how I felt. So how was God going to reach And I bet a lot of our listeners people? Feel, feel that way, too. Yeah, like, God, how exactly. are you going to do that? Well, you can't. You just went through a situation, too, didn't you, that you had a Sarah laugh moment? Yeah, my, my Sarah laugh moment is, you know, just happened recently um, where... God, I, we were in the process of moving and, and getting a VA loan and everything. Our, our place had sold like so many other houses that sold, we were renting. And so therefore, even though the um, new owners were willing to go month to month with us as while we were pursuing our, our VA loan, um, it was double the rent, which was kind of unforeseeable for us. It just wasn't just, feasible. It, it just wasn't, wasn't going to work happen. for us. Yeah. So we were, um, you know, I believed that God had spoke to me and said, you're going to have a place by the end of April. And I just, you're going to have a house. You did. You're going to have a house. She can, I'm a witness. She continued to pack up her house faithfully and had no idea where she was going, but everything in her home was packed up. Yes, it was packed up. I was like, I'm going to go. I believe that this is what he said to me is well time passes on in the same way that Sarah was Sarah I was preparing for a baby to yes, all those exactly. years exactly and as I continued to pack you know the months went on and on our, and our lease ran out in mm-hmm. March, March. Mm-hmm. and luckily they allowed us to pay the same amount of rent for the next month and then after that it was just like you're gonna have to pay you know the, the, the double the, the amount which or you leave know, or that, leave that was and the so we were still packed up not knowing what we were going to do and I was like God you know you said that we were you know you were going to get us a house you know and in this market it's really really hard even though the market's starting to go down interest rates are up so you know and we're still in the process of jumping hoops and obstacles you know with the VA so we have done everything that they have asked us to do and I was like God where you know where are you when are you going to show up you know I'm out of time yeah you know and uh 
he said, you know, Kim, you know, how you're going to get a house is not going to be the way that you, you think it's going to happen. Right. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And yeah. I'm sure at some point Sarah's like, you know, okay, I'm going to have a baby. I'm well yeah. past childbearing years yeah. already. Yeah. How is this going to happen? It's been 14 years It's already. been 14 years, Lord. And now, you know, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's in my rope here. You know, I, I, I'm going to be 90. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so this dear lady um, called, you know, texted me one Sunday. It was Mother's Day, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, said that God had laid us on her heart. Mm-hmm. And she was going to be traveling for the next six months or so and t- asked us if we, you know, asked me about our situation. And I told her and I was like, well, you know, we'll figure something out. Yeah. And she offered us her home for six months at a lower cost than what we were paying already. So God showed up. Was it the way that I thought it was going to happen? You know, are, are, do I still have my own home yet? But no. God gave us a home to live in, and we're the only ones living here yes. at the moment. Yes. And, um, so he did show up. It wasn't how I thought it was going to work out, but, God but, it, is, but, but it he did. says, I am not done yet. Yeah, and that's and, the same thing with Sarah. Sarah thought she knew about it. She had a better plan. Yeah. She had a better way, and yeah. that's why she offered Haggai, her maidservant, to her husband, which, oh, my gosh. First of all, that's like a big uh, that's a red flag. Red flag. <laughs> Hello. But she that, offered, but yeah. but she thought that she had it figured out. Okay, God, so I'm not going to get pregnant. So maybe this, hey God, how many this hey guy, my maid servant, she's my servant. She'll do it. I can get her to do it. I can get Abraham, and then I'll have my own baby. But it was it wasn't her baby. It didn't turn out the way she wanted it to. You know, and oftentimes, Kim, we can do things our way, and it's not going to turn out the way we expect it to. But if we wait, and we do things God's way. Yeah. We get the victory and he gets the glory. Yeah, and that's so true. And, you know, we are in a beautiful place right now in a gated community. And it's beautiful and comfortable. And I just felt weirdly comfortable here, you know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, this lady, I mean, you would think that, oh, she's, she's been your friend for years. Yeah. But I've only... Just recently had met her. Let me. This is a good question she to was apply Jennifer's to this. Friend, as a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> Let me just um, mention this. What blurs? I like this question. This is question two on page on page two of the Max Licato study. But it says, "What blurs your kingdom vision? What is the what is it that gets in the way of your seeing the world with spiritual eyes? With believing God can do the impossible." What got in the way for for you, Kim? I, I think the process in the months, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the processes that you went through in that month was really humbling. Like you had to say, God, this is, I'm expecting. And I remember, you know, she has this certain expression. Kim has a certain expression where she's adamant about something. She feels very strongly about it. And there's a certain expression that she has on her face. And so when she say, no, I believe God, God is going to get me our home. God mm-hmm. is going to provide us a home. And so, but what blurred her vision was the how, the not knowing the how. Yeah, exactly. It, that's what caused my frustration. Yes. And so during the frustration, you know, and I can relate to what Sarah's frustration of not having a baby after being told, yeah, it's going to happen for you, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, God happened to remind me, and I'm sure, you know, in a way he reminded Sarah. Oh, you absolutely. Know, it's not in your timing, it's in my timing. Yeah. And yeah. when it's my timing, it will be perfect. Yes. And you know, and we'll talk. We're a little bit ahead, but we all know the story that Sarah does end up having a baby. Well, we might not all know, but we're we're, we're well, telling yeah. most you. Most <laughs> most people know. Yeah, if, you know, yeah. if you read the account, it's in Genesis. 
Um, uh, starting in 12, chapter 12, and you can just read through, I think it's 17, 18, up to yeah. this point that we're talking about here. And so, you know, but she ends up, she does have a baby, and we're going to be talking further about it in um, and you know Romans, session. Yeah, and Romans 12, 12 says this. It says, be, choi- be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, mm-hmm. and faithful in prayer. You know, there's afflictions that come our way. I mean, you know, two girls in a Bible and walk in this journey, and you can attest to this, Kim, hasn't been a bed of roses. No. But it has pushed us into places of prayer and places of patience, walking through affliction that maybe we had never experienced before. And I know that there's things in your life that places where there's just an affliction and upset in your life. You're not really sure whether to turn right or turn left, but... Be joyful in hope. You know, this yeah. is our message. Just be joyful in hope and, and, and faithful in your prayers. You see, see, Sarai had, had although she was a faithful woman in, in, the, in the book that the other book we're reading, 12 Extraordinary Women by John MacArthur, talks about her faithfulness and how she was a woman of faith. Yet the very promise that God had promised her, she was faithless in. Which that brings me to Second Timothy. God's heart about it. And in Second Timothy two, verses thirteen, it says, "If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Yes, for He cannot disown Himself. That's right. So when He tells us something, yeah, and we know that we know that we know that it came from Him. It came from Him. We're not creating it, right? Yeah. You know when you, you know. know. You know when you know when yeah. you, when you're creating something, and then you know that God has spoke to you. Yes, and you don't know when that fruitation is going to take place. Yeah, but, you know, even with Sarah being yes. laughing and saying, "I don't see," it's and then been giving her years and giving and, her her handmaiden to yeah. to him trying to get ahead of God. You know, yeah. I know that with me and my husband, we were we were scrambling trying to figure out what we were gonna do. We were trying to get ahead of God mm-hmm. and how this was all going to work out and how it was you know how we were going to be. Yeah, and um, where you were going to go. I mean, and I can definitely tell you, this is not what I thought. No, yeah, you know, I would have never thought in a million years this is where. We would have. So you could kind of relate to her desperation too, because you guys are really facing homelessness. Yes, actually, homelessness. And so, um, but just remaining faithful and being steadfast—that was a work in progress. And Mm -hmm. you know, Sarah had to learn a lot of lessons in those fourteen years. Yeah. And I'm sure there were times that she was faced with, "What have I done?" She was faced with my as she was getting her tent ready for a baby. Yes, you know I could just imagine her screwing him out. Yeah, you know, because she, you know, Abraham was a wealthy man. And the word, at this yes, point. exactly. And the word says to be still and know that I am God. So if we can yeah. just remind ourselves of those okay. keynotes, be still, and know that I am God, and mm-hmm. that He has a perfect timing for us. I can, I can definitely apply this too. Just in my own life, I remember um, a, a dream that I had that was very significant that kind of launched out years ago. It was the forerunner of what we're doing today with Two Girls in a Bible. But the promise in that dream, I, in my dreams and my visions, when Jesus spoke to me, I've never seen him actually speak with his mouth. He always spoke to me with his eyes. And I talk about it in The Something Shiny Journey, which is my book, my story. But he's always spoken to me with his eyes. But in this particular dream... Kim, he opened his mouth, and he Jesus spoke to me in my dream. And when he opened his mouth, when I asked him how many, I knew we were talking about lives. I knew we were talking about souls, and I said how many. And he opened his mouth, and he said eight million. 
Kim, I have I no that. idea how that looks. I really don't. No. I don't know wh- how that looks in the kingdom of heaven. But I can remember you talking about the people just kept coming onto your front yes. porch. Yes. And it's just like they, and they were waiting they patiently. Were, they were waiting patiently. Yeah, they there weren't were in people a hurry. that have heard. There's people that have come and gone and hurt. Yeah. And, you know, and then new ones keep coming in. And, and you know, and yeah. we don't know how many of those people have Are gone touching and, other people's yeah, lives. who have gone yeah. and told their stories. And other people that may be it. listening to us, even here today, um, mm-hmm. we don't know what the effects of what we're doing. We just know that we are putting one foot in front of the other. And we are being faithful to what God has called us to do, Kim. And we will continue to do that. Um, in Matthew 18, uh, 2 through 5, it says, He called a little child to him, and he said, Truly, I tell you, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greater in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. As as citizens of the kingdom of heavens, we are often surprised when God does the absurd, works miracles, and moves in unimaginable ways. And too often we grow comfortable in a life that we see touch and manage on our smartphones But Jesus said, unless you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. As a child lives in constant wonder and faith in the unimaginable, yet Sarah's childless life would test her childlike faith. As you read her story, it is possible that you will relate to her journey. And it is possible that God will give you childlike faith along the way. Hold on to that. Hold on to that childlike faith. Kim, is there anything else that you wanted to add about Sarah? Yeah, I, I was. Just, there's this one part in the book of uh, Twelve Extraordinary Women. Yeah, it says a study in contrasts and contradictions. Sarah was indeed an extraordinary woman, although she gave birth to only one son and didn't become a mother at all until she was well past the normal age of fertility. She is the principal monarch in Hebrew history. Although her endured faithfulness to her husband was one of the most exemplary aspects of her character, the most notorious blunder of her life involved an act of gross unfaithfulness. Mm. Which she was her decision about Haggai. Yeah. She against unbelievable obstacles, and the steadfastness of her face became the central feature of her legacy. In fact, the New Testament enshrines her in the Hall of Faith. Because she judged him faithful, who had promised. That's Hebrews yes. eleven eleven. The full spectacle of Sarah's amazing faith doesn't really become apparent until we contemplate the many seemingly insurmountable obstacles to that faith. Oh, isn't that so? That true. is just so beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful and so true. Like, how do we? How can we measure our faith if there's nothing ever to measure it against? Exactly. If it, everything was always perfect, yeah. how would we know it was perfect? Exactly. We would have so, no clue. That's why the Bible says rejoice. Paul says to rejoice yes. in yes. your... In, in your, calamities. I think it's, I think it's uh, Paul. In your tribulations. Rejo- in yes. your tribulations. In your calamities. Because in, your in them produce what? Endurance. Endurance. And in endurance, endurance produces... Perseverance. Perseverance. And that, that's a whole long scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can Google those words and you'll find it right now. I don't have it at the forefront of my brain. Right. But we are excited because Sarah well, is, is a lot like who we are. I mean, yeah. I, there was my I name was different story. in the sense before my relationship with God, my name was different. He gave me a new name, a new yes. identity when I came into relationship with him. And he has increased my faith step by step over the years. And I know he's done the same for you, yes, Kim. Yes. And I know he's done the same for every one of our listeners. And if he hasn't, he will. 
Just seek his face. Pray. Be diligent. Find joy in the hardships. It's there. Just yeah. look for it and ask God to help show you and teach you along the, the way. And the thing is, is that when we do come face to face with an obstacle, the one thing that we should do is not try to contemplate how to fix it. Yes. But bring it to take the it, Father's yes, feet immediately. Take it to the throne. You know, and I have learned that taking it to him immediately changes you know, everything. changes everything. It does. Yeah, it changes everything. It changes everything. And I have to add this, and we have a few more minutes left, and I have to add this. You know, over the years I have learned in different circumstances is that when I am struggling with something and I share those personal struggles with people around me, yeah. because they're, they love me and they care about me, they will use that information at a later point um, and hold me accountable for the things that I have said, for my worries and my concerns. And I've learned even recently that all of my worries and all of my concerns, just like what you're talking about, Kim, are to be taken to him. Exactly. And that's it. Mm -hmm. I can take those things to my father and he will show me how to handle them. Mm -hmm. Um, So as we bring this to a close, I want you to know that we are... We are going to, our next uh, study will be called Integrity and Security. Integrity for Security. Oh, for Security. It's day one, promise given, out of the Max Licato yeah. uh, book. And then we will be uh, talking about... Tough to Swallow. Tough Sometimes to swallow. we get tough, you know, news that's tough to swallow. And we'll be giving some points to remember. Throughout the week, yes. for next week. So as we say all that, we just pray that you will come back with us and journey with us as yes. we talk about these women of the Bible. And Sarah and is reach our out first. to us online, too, because yeah. we're on our Facebook. Um, we're in our private group. You can be added to our private group. We're going to be talking about this a little bit more. Ask questions there. Ask we questions, and then when we come back on next week, we will, we we talk, will, about we will we'll talk about them. Absolutely. And so, Jennifer, can you close us with a word of prayer? Yes, this is a prayer by Max Licato in this beautiful uh, Bible study. But it says, Jesus, nothing is impossible for you. Forgive us for the times we get so wrapped up in the kingdom of earth that we forget about the kingdom of heaven. We want to live expecting the unexpected, trusting in a God whose thoughts are higher than our thoughts and whose ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 9. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. 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 And so we hope that you will continue to join us as we travel through Through the 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 women of the world, the women of the Bible. We, we, you know, and our hope is that not only yeah, can we uh, like, recognize, like, subscribe, yes, and comment, yes, and not only can we recognize how they change the world, but how we can also change yeah, the world, and how us. our lives are not much different from theirs. It's exactly. just a different time, exactly. And so that we is want what you our to walk is. away from this knowing you, you will, will always have, have a friend with, with two, two girls, girls and a Bible. Bible.